afternoon. You know, often when I look at particular biblical stories, knowing that all the stories were verbally passed on for decades before being finally chosen and recorded by the gospel writers, I'll ask myself, why did this story make this specific list? And if you were asked that question this evening about the blind man receiving the sight, we could easily say that this gospel is an extraordinary story that attests to the divinity of Christ. But the Bible gives us so many stories of Jesus opening the eyes of those who are blind. Matter of fact, each gospel writer has at least one, if not more, stories of the restoration of sight. So what's the reason for all these accounts of Jesus opening the eyes of those who can't see? While this particular passage appears in Matthew and Luke, only Mark's account, which we just heard, provides us the name of the one who's healed, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Now, most scholars feel that Mark concocted the name, whose Aramaic root means unclean. Thus, the name really means son of my impure one. For it seems that Mark is speaking out against the general bigotry of those who are poor, those who are disabled, those who are different than us. So look again at this gospel with new eyes. See, Jesus just traveled through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem and his death. And he's surrounded by his disciples in a growing crowd and sitting alongside the road, stuck behind the mass of people. It's this blind man, Bartimaeus. He's heard so much about Jesus. He wants to meet him, so he calls out by saying, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Now, note that the blind man's not just calling him Jesus. He's calling him son of David, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior. It's pretty radical for a poor blind beggar on the side of the road. Continue his plea louder and louder to be heard over the din of the crowd. But his cries for Jesus are annoying those around him, even the disciples. So they try to hush him up, most likely rebuking his theology as well as his cries. I mean, after all, why would Jesus bother with a poor, filthy, blind man? Bartimaeus shouts even louder. So Jesus, hearing the cry, the poor tells the cry to bring the blind man to him. So those who are hushed are now called to help. And with that, Bartimaeus leaves everything behind that he owns, his mat and his tunic. Thus he stands before the Christ naked in every way. Can you picture the scene of the hushed crowd now? Christ simply asks them, what do you want? Bartimaeus responds, I want to see. As we heard, Jesus tells him, go, your faith has saved you. And with that, Bartimaeus begins to see it as a result of his faith in Christ. And once cured, he abandons all that he has and journeys on with Christ to the cross. So this story is much more than just a story about healing of a blind man. For it's a story that causes to, calls for us to open our eyes to be like Christ and to bring forth God's life-changing message of the liberation for the oppressed, the inclusion, the marginalized. Which leads me to 
tell a story that I've told before, but I think it's worth repeating. See, in his book, Fully Alive, Discovering What Matters Most, Tim Shriver, CEO of Special Olympics, tells the following story. It was July 1995, and the old dilapidated Yale Bowl was the venue for the Special Olympic World Games. And for the first time in the history, the President of the United States was to attend the ceremony. Secret Service had already determined the old stadium was too porous to ensure protection of the President on the field. So it was decided that President Clinton would arrive and be taken to the very top of the Yale Bowl, where a secure perimeter could be established around him. Tim recounts in the story that for most of them, the athletes who were coming in, the experience of parading into that stadium had to be surreal. Coming as they did from institutions and isolated classrooms and lonely corners of despair in villages and towns around the world, most of them would never have been applauded for anything before. They were society's outcasts. Over and over in countless languages, each of them would have heard retard, defective, sick, and maybe worst of all, invalid. Success experiences were non-existent. But this crowd roared as they entered the stadium and the president was in attendance and the Yale Bowl came to life. And prior to the event, the athletes were each given one of those disposable cameras. You don't see them much anymore as they came into the opening ceremony so they could capture the moment. And as the ceremony was in full swing, a professional photographer saw a group of athletes dressed in African garb, all with their disposable cameras raised up to take pictures of the president. But he quickly realized they were holding the cameras backwards. The lenses were flushed against their noses as they looked through the viewfinders. He concluded that they had never had used cameras before. So as Clinton was giving his welcoming address, the photographer, the photographer cut through the crowds. He made his way to the athletes to help them before they wasted all their pictures. Assuming they didn't know English, he met, motioned to them that in order to get a picture of Clinton, they needed to kind of flip the camera around. In response to his advice, one athlete, in perfect English, thanked the photographer and said, but may I show you something? If you turn the camera around and hold your eye up to the viewfinder and look backward, it works as a telescope. And thus, you can better see the president. So thanks for helping us, but backwards, and it still works. Now, can you imagine the face of the photographer as he looked into the eyes of the young athlete who just opened his eyes into a new way by telling him that the camera works in reverse? The eyesight of this man was changed forever. The lens to which he sees the world was modified to where he no longer saw a disabled person, but one who is very capable in the way he did not see. See, labels that we all commonly attach to those different from us were removed, and this photographer saw with new and unassuming eyes. See, this story is a reminder for all of us 
that your true sense of church and gospel is not necessarily gained through the intellectual understanding of theoretical teachings and encyclicals and doctrines. Rather, it's a call for active participation by all of us who are hushing and ignoring the poor, the blind, and those different from us. And for all of us to open our eyes in a new way. For as broken as we all are, and despite all the mistakes we do make, and even as blinded as we can be, Christ is always, always by our side asking, what do you want? For Jesus was always eating with the wrong people at the wrong time on the wrong day with non-Jews and sinners and outcasts and ignoring all the purity codes that his religion required at the time. Rather, Christ was focused on building an inclusive community wherever he went. But that requires conversion and transformation that are driven by seeing in a new way, requiring us to review our priorities, to recognize our own bases, biases, to let go of our addictive preoccupations and instead make decisions that bring us closer to God by living the gospel to and for each other. So now do you see why there are so many stories of sight being restored that are included in the canyon of the Bible? It's not just about miracle stories. Rather, it's about our need to open our eyes every day. For we need to see with eyes of belonging, not shunning. Eyes of connection, not separation. Eyes of inclusion, not segregation where we give a wider view to view all things from. In doing so, we can be like Bartimaeus and have the faith and courage to see and to speak and to believe and to trust and to love this son of David, this Jesus the Christ, the Christ who wants us to see all things as they are, not as we are. For until we do, we'll never be able to see what we do not see.